Hey everyone, welcome to Speed Skates to Parties. I'm your host, Dade Minert. This is a podcast about just the overall training life and school as well, and dealing with all that fun stuff that comes with being a student athlete and a teenager. Today, I have a really special guest, my really good friend, Ali Schneider. She's a very high-performing soccer player <laughs> in the province, has a very nice scholarship to the U of R, and is, you know, hoping to go to the national team and perform and kick some ass. So welcome, Allie. Thank you. All right, so I have a couple questions for you, and why don't we just jump right into them? Sounds good. How old were you when you first started playing soccer? Uh, I started playing soccer when I was 12, so a little bit late than most people, but... Really? Yep. Yeah, I did. I wasn't... I was more of a tennis player when I first started sports, and then I just one day decided I wanted to try something different, so I decided to pick soccer, and I've been there ever since. That's actually... That's wild, because... Most of the people that you see that are getting scholarships and in the high performance teams mostly are start and they're like really really young. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part because I was always told like that's such a late start for you, but yeah. really like I uh, I don't know I was just never really into it until I, at that age. So you played tennis? Yeah, I did. I was on a provincial team for tennis, and then I just I didn't really like it anymore because I I started to like soccer more and yeah, so I just took off with from there. Nice, and then. Yeah. You so when you started, did you go into the club teams in Saskatoon, or did you go straight into that high performance team? So uh, when I first started, I started with like a community soccer kind of thing, which is just you know kind of yeah. get my toes out a little bit, and then uh, I went into the club, which is like the league soccer, and then I played with Lakewood for a few seasons. I was on the like the premier team, of course, and then naturally, yeah, yeah, I didn't know what high performance was until one of my good friends said there is this tryout for this uh, PSP is what it's called, and it's where you go on a trip to Vancouver with like the team Saskatchewan so mm-hmm. I decided to try out and I made the team and then the coach from that team is also the coach for the high performance stream and that's kind of how I built into that yeah nice yeah because like I also started playing soccer and when I was four and just played all the way up until 12 so kind of when I played soccer you weren't and then <laughs> when you were playing soccer I, I quit um but yeah like I had the community thing and then went into the like the the club teams, mm-hmm. what it is, and then I played two or three years of Premier, and then in went back to when it was like U twelve, U fourteen, U sixteen, but then they changed all the ages. Yes, they did. They did odd years. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Why? That that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What's just what is the point of changing them? Yeah. But with U fourteen, there was the PSL, mm-hmm. um, and I was angry because I didn't make it because I'm like I'm totally good enough to make this. So <laughs> then it's Div two, which was fun. But then there were some guys that didn't make the PSL team, and I was like, right. totally should have. Mm-hmm. Like, how, do you know Zion? Yes, I do. Yeah, he didn't make it. Yeah, that's surprising. So he just, like, he would, I think he got three or four goals just from bombing it in from half. Oh, wow. And it was, like, not even funny. Because <laughs> I was like, and he scored again. Wow. Because, yeah, what, Gosh. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but when, or not when, what position do you play? Well, currently I play central midfielder, and that's what I I'm on a scholarship for. But I nice. I'll play pretty much anything else <laughs> that is needed. Like I played left back for the last game that we played, and then tomorrow we play the U of S, and I'm playing striker. So I'll pretty much play anywhere that's needed. Nice, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, because when I when I started playing, they just threw me in mid because I could run. <laughs> yeah, and then that's kind of where I played from around I want to say U ten. Mm-hmm. To U14, I was either central midfield or, or left, mostly right mid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in U14, they threw me at right back, 
which was completely different than what I was used to. Very different, yeah. Um, but I also really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were some times in U12 that they would put me on right back, but right. very rarely, because they needed people that could actually run. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, we had Luke Mackey in U12, who obviously you guys don't know, but um, he's a really good soccer player for... Does he play for our high school team? Uh, yes, he does, and he went to Canada Games as well. Yeah, so he's, he's really talented and just a, pretty much a brick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had him as center back. And then I played I played keeper a lot in U12. That's kind of what my main position was. It was mm-hmm. keeper and then uh, right mid. It was kind of the two positions I played. Right. And I liked keeper. Like, it was really fun. Yeah. But in soccer, it's not like hockey. It's so boring playing as keeper because you have, like, of the hour games that they had when it was just an hour, not 90 minutes yet, you got, like, maybe 10 shots. Yeah, maybe. that's if you're playing a good team. Yeah, that that's a good team. Yep. And then, so you're really just walking around and charging at people mm-hmm. every other minute. And then when it's hot outside, it's even worse. Yeah, you're standing you're on just, a long sleeve you're shirt. You're just boiling. Exactly. Yeah. But, and then where it's different with hockey, it's like 10 shots a period yeah, for goalies. Exactly. And they actually mm-hmm. get to do something. Mm-hmm. And then U14 with the right back, it was really different, but also really fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I liked it because it was less of a... Not less of a responsibility, almost more of a responsibility. But I was... I didn't have the best, like, ball skills in the fact that, like, everyone else had super awesome moves. Right. And I just had a really good sense of when to pass, and I could dribble. So I got... I really liked right back, because you could control the pace mm-hmm. and swing it if you wanted to, yeah. when at that age kids were like, swinging it? What the hell does swing in the field mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, God damn it. <laughs> um, so then I really liked that, and you could just... I got a couple awesome goals that you just launched it <laughs> in like the top corner, and it curled, and I was like, yes. Yeah, and it's weird, because I could never juggle while I played soccer. Right. Like I just focused on dribbling and getting good passes. I didn't worry about super crazy moves yeah. that some of the kids like Zion or Luke Mackey yeah, could do. Exactly. I was like, okay, no more. I don't need this razzle-dazzle shit. I'm just <laughs> going to be a solid player. Mm-hmm. And then now that I quit soccer, I can juggle better than I can when I was in soccer, <laughs> which is really weird because I touched the soccer ball very rarely. The only time I do is when my little sister's playing soccer in like the six-week span that is their season for outdoor <laughs> But, yeah, because... Have you ever played keeper? Yeah, actually, that's where I started. Um, yeah, I played keeper for... That makes sense. A few, makes sense. A few seasons, yeah. And then I was put onto a premier team because of that. And then, yeah, I was... Yeah, I played keeper for a long time. Yeah. And then I just decided I didn't really... It wasn't really for me anymore, because I'm just... I'm, I'm short, so, like... Yeah. I'm kind of at a disadvantage <laughs> yeah, for, for sure, yes. anything going forward, because a lot of a lot of scholarships come from tall keepers just because oh, for they sure, have yeah. the length. So then I was just like, you know what? Let's, let's go play out. Let's try something else. So yeah, then I just moved out of that position. Yeah, because it's like any of those sports, like volleyball, mm-hmm. football. It's just, they get the big guys and girls to play those positions. Yeah. Like soccer goalies, I think average are like 6'4". Well, exactly. Because like the net be... is ginormous. Well, exactly. So you need a big person because you get like a 
two five six person in that net, well, and exactly. it's gonna be like the Brazil game, except yeah, they had an actual goalie that wasn't five two. Yeah, well, yeah, and like you could be the most skilled goalie on earth, but if you don't have that height to cover to, that to cover yeah. the net, you're pretty much screwed. You could have the best distribution of anybody, but if you mm-hmm. can't cover the net, then you're kind of for hooked. sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty crucial. Mm-hmm. So with Canada being to put it simply, a pretty shitty global soccer team when you compare them to the the giants like germany france like obviously france is a giant because they just won the world cup (laughs) um but when you compare them to those huge superpowers in the men's at least we're pretty terrible i don't even think are we in the top 100 Uh, for men's i am not sure because i know like we don't really have a team yeah no we really don't no so like when the 2026 olympics or World Cup yeah. comes for the men's side. Yeah. Like, well, we get an automatic bid. Like yes, we're in it, but exactly. we're gonna get but, demolished. Like, I wonder what kind of team they're gonna put forward, just because mm-hmm. twenty twenty six will be like our age, so like yeah. fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year olds. So I'm wondering, like, will they have a team developed by then? Yeah, if some or maybe if when they have it, are they now that it was announced and it's holy shit, it's in Canada? Will CSA actually be like, okay, we need to fix fix something mm-hmm. and like start? vamping up like they do overseas in their because right. they have club teams all the way down to like 12 year olds and mm-hmm. stuff like it's insane over there um but yeah my my question was like is it odd or difficult to be trying to go super far in soccer or football for if you're listening in overseas in a country where it's not that huge of a sport that's such an interesting question um it is and it isn't depending on how much you're willing to go mm-hmm. so um for example like Canada as a whole doesn't compete with, like, some of the the bigger countries, of course, but we still have a good soccer program. But going from a place in Saskatchewan to the States is tricky just because most of the States pick from the bigger provinces like BC, Quebec, Ontario. So when trying to get Saskatchewan on the map in the sense of, like, trying to get your word out there, trying to get, like, you out there, it's very hard because... You know, you send an email to a coach. Yeah, I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. They're like, where is that? Kind of yeah. Thing. We're in the yeah, middle of nowhere. That's where, that's where most of us are like, what the hell? Exactly. So then... They don't even know how to pronounce Saskatchewan. <laughs> well, pretty much. And yeah, so like, uh, we got a program now that really helps get the word out. It really helps. Like, people start to know where we are because we go to more competitions. So like, it's becoming easier because we just had a girl that left to Memphis and on a Florida scholarship. So Div 1 school. Yeah. We have a girl in, in my year. She's signed to Texas Tech on a Florida scholarship. That's a big school. Yeah. So like we, like our name is... Slowly. Slowly. Slowly, com- slowly yeah. exactly. And then um, for overseas, we do have a connection with the Swansea girls in Wales. And um, we do in have Wales. Those, yeah. So like we'll have... Because their coach out there, Ian Owen, is really good friends with one of our like technical directors out mm-hmm. here. So we have a good link with them. So we have a couple of girls going overseas middle of august to look at competing out there because without there they don't give scholarships but you can look to play pro very yeah. fast so oh for sure yeah if you have play. the skill you just yeah you basically just there. exactly so then we have a connection with that so like to answer your question on the grand scheme of things it is harder just because saskatchewan is very hard to get the name out there mm-hmm. but as a whole canada isn't isn't too bad to get to the states and overseas yeah for sure because mm-hmm. and it, it's really odd because our men's team is absolute trash but our women's team is actually super good. Yeah, they're start they're starting to build up. Going, and yeah, yeah, like at the London Olympics, they got bronze, mm-hmm. which they should have been at least silver because the is a pretty terrible call. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, I don't know if you you probably remember that. Obviously, you were watching that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
it was like it's 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 odd, but I don't know if it's just because some of the countries that have really good men's teams, their women's teams aren't developed. That's and a good point, because yeah. of anything to do with rights or anything like that, that you know, in some countries, women actually can't play soccer, mm-hmm. which is still mind blowing because it's 2018 and they're yeah. not equally rights because it's just the world is insane. Yeah, <laughs> um, I agree, but. So I don't know if you compared it equally that if all of the men's teams had had really good uh, international teams, that if they had also women's teams, would Canada be as good as it is now? Right. Is a question that you could ask as well. But, you know, it's it's an odd dynamic that mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Because I think the Women's World Cup a couple of years ago, that was in Canada... How far did we go? Did we make it to quarters or semis? Mm, I think we made it to semis. Yeah, because we made it surprisingly far, Mm -hmm. but really we had some pretty amazing athletes on it. Mm Because, like, uh, Christine Sinclair was very good. She's retired now, isn't she? No, she's still going. She's still going? Mm -hmm. I think she's got one more more World Cup in her. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's still going. And then, yeah, they got Kadisha Buchanan. Yeah, she's... How old was she in the World Cup? Like, 16 or... She was young. Yeah, Yeah. she was fantastic, too. Mm -hmm. Very good, yeah. She was on there. Deanne Rose was on there. Jesse Fleming. Mm -hmm. Some of the younger girls. Yeah, very good team. Yeah, because Kaylin Kyle didn't go to... The last last World Cup. Just because she retired. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, that's and then Kaylin Kyle's an awesome story because she's from Saskatoon mm-hmm. and went out and made the national team mm-hmm. and the World Cup team, Olympic team, and was a absolutely fantastic soccer player. Yes, yeah, she was, and pretty much destroyed and was playing in the states. Retired now, married, had has just has a I think one or two month old kid now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is awesome for her that she could come out from a city that really. Doesn't isn't known for its soccer players at all. Exactly. Yeah, and being able to <laughs> and then push being this there. huge athlete. Yeah. Um, Saskatoon has some pretty amazing athletes. Like if in my field of speed skating, Katrina Lamedon, mm. who was just an absolute right. dominant of a force mm-hmm. in uh, long track speed skating. You know, she defended a 500 meter gold medal, which is insanely um, rare in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from Saskatoon, right? Like Saskatoon really isn't on the map. In, in some schemes, but really it's odd because Saskatchewan is actually a pretty dominant force in Canada for speed skating mm-hmm. and especially long track because, and it's odd because we have like a two month season. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy short. And then we go back to short track, but so yeah, two months and we can compete at the exact same level of everyone else that have been training long track for several, several months. Wow. Like at nationals this year, um, it was in Quebec City. Quebec won it overall, and we came second, but they only beat us by five points, oh, and it was whoa. in their home uh, province, so, and they, so they could send that much more kids to it to get more of a mass in of a team that we did. It's crazy. It is. Wow. Um, which it's kind of a, it's a contrast there just because, you know, with soccer, they have the, there's more people there, so there's more money going into those programs well, exactly. more amount of people that you can scout and stuff like more, that yeah more people to pick from exactly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's odd and on the flip side of short track speed skating like Quebec is an absolute powerhouse like mm-hmm. you look at the national team for short track every person on that team is from Quebec and the national like the junior pool I think only one or two guys aren't from Quebec 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like we, and it's it's crazy because we have uh, his name's Marco Schumann. He's from Saskatoon, and he was the first um, oval program skater from Calgary to actually make the Junior Worlds. Oh wow! Uh, two years ago, and then so he went back. Uh, he's gone there twice now, and he's a potential Olympic hopeful for 2022 in Tokyo. Wow. Um, which is awesome because, you know, in long track, you see Saskatchewan skaters go to the uh, to the Olympics all the time. Like in, in Pyeongchang, we had Marsha Hudy and uh, Kelly Christ, both uh, Marsha's from White City, so just outside of Regina. Mm-hmm. And then Callie's from Regina. Um, so, you know, it's it's Saskatchewan's known for their skaters, and we have some skaters in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of kind of a flip. Really, in terms of the progression with with uh, soccer, I don't really know that much about it. Um, I know we talked a little briefly, um, like a week ago. But do you want to explain how in Canada do you progress from just a club um, soccer player to then that high performance team, and then onwards to upwards to the national team? Okay. Well, to start. Um the best thing is getting your foot in the door. So, of course, everybody mostly starts with a league or a club team because they don't really know. Uh, but now we have the system building. It's called Astra, which is basically like... Yeah, I got asked to play for that. Oh, like, yeah? No. Yeah, it's basically, <laughs> I guess you could say, a younger version of HPDC, which is our high-performance program, as well as it's the boy side to our HPDC program. So is your program only female? Yes. So the HPDC slash Rex is only female. And then you, you have the White Caps boys, which yeah. is... Uh, we used to be kind of not enemies, but we weren't on the same page, but now we're kind of more of a cohesive group. So yeah. Whitecaps is mostly like specified in boys just because of the Whitecap Center in uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then so... So is it more it like you guys start as rivals to say, no, we want to beat you. We want more people going out the door and advancing. Much because and the Whitecaps were the same. And then you guys were like, okay, well, we're in Saskatchewan. How about we just work together? That- to advance our athletes and then get them yeah. out as opposed to trying to beat each other. Exactly. Because what, what used to happen was there's White Caps, which was a boys... Like, they had a female and male program. And then there's HPDC, which was just the female program. And so they're always competing for players mm-hmm. as well as players who would, let's say, quit HPDC, couldn't handle it. They'd go over to White Caps, yeah. vice versa. And then it was just a... It was just an issue altogether. So the head coaches of both decided, you know what, let's try and like not merge, but try mm-hmm. and just like be cohesive. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then uh, the Whitecaps Girls Center is actually, I don't believe it exists anymore. It's now just kind just of a male. Boy. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, now there's just HPDC. But yeah, like to start, so to go off the pipe kind of thing, you kind of go into Astra. Mm-hmm. Most people do anyway. And then from there, that's kind of like the feeder place, I guess you could yeah. say, to go into HPDC. And, and then there are other ways to go to the national program, of course. You yeah. don't have to go through this, but this is yeah, just one sure. way. And then once you're in this program, because we uh, have a direct link with the CSA, which is the Canadian Soccer Association, and then they'll come down and scout us. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we had uh, Danny Worthington come in a few days ago to watch us, and he's uh, he's one of the assistant coaches for the national team, women's oh, nice. national team. So he'll come out, and he'll do some training sessions. He'll scout. And then if he sees any players that interest him, he'll... Uh, invite them to a national camp and then from there that's where the head coach of the women's national team will look at you and then from there it'll look at uh, moving you out to one of the big rec centers which will be in either Quebec or Vancouver and then from there it's called Super Rex which is like just a way more competitive environment Mm -hmm. with actual people who could play on the national team and then from there you would go into the Excel program which is 
basically a direct stream into the national uh, into the national team. So that's where the national team just picks their players. Exactly. Kind of thing. So like you you basically build up from like high performance, and then we're rec certified, which means like we have coaches come in mm -hmm. to try and certify people to go up and then yeah from there so for example we had a girl named claire abry and she was she signed to memphis and she's gone but she uh was invited to a, a national camp and then from that national camp she was selected to go into super rex for a few weeks so she was trialed there and then from there you're either like you go further or you come back and then yeah it just all depends on who sees you kind of thing nice yeah, yeah. so it's, it's almost like a snakes and ladders kind, it, of, it's, kind of deal it yeah. really is yeah exactly what it is Mm -hmm. And then, so with the with that female high performing, um, is it a club or is it just like a what it's do you a, what do you guys a, call it? It's a center or a program, I guess. It we're a Rex program, so yeah, okay, I, yeah. So with that with that program, how often do you guys train, and what like what does your training schedule look like? Okay, well, um, our training schedule is pretty much the same year round. So we train from we train eleven months of the year. We normally get three weeks in August off. And then uh, we follow specific plans from, like, the CSA. They give us plans. So we train Monday to Friday every week, and then we'll get, like... it's It kind of runs the same as school a little bit. So we'll get, like, Easter break off, Christmas break off, Feb break off kind of thing. And then, yeah, we, we train Monday to Friday, and then we'll have games in between, so on weekends, and then we'll do traveling. And then also we have weight training Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mornings on top of that. So it's pretty full, and then we, uh, we do that year-round, except for three weeks in August. Nice. So, yeah, you yeah. said it's, like, a, your training... CSA is giving it to you and like the programs and the weight training that they want you to do kind of thing um, or okay so like uh the weight training is kind of on our own like we're we're kind of doing that on our own because most universities you know they do a weight training program mm -hmm. so if we don't you know we're kind of yeah. screwed there um but yeah the CSA will give our head coaches our head coach kind of like an outline of their yearly like intakes kind of thing so then we'll try and follow that as much as we can so if there are certain weeks or certain periods where they're working more on like certain tactical yeah. elements will maybe shift towards that and then that's kind of how we follow so then we have like our peak days and then we have kind of our more rest days yeah so we can sure. balance out the weeks and not kill a player because we're going four weeks yeah intense yeah exactly. yeah because i know with us and really i'm on the provincial team for this year with with our club because it's it's different because lots of people are like oh is there a meet in saskatoon are you competing but it's there's a saskatoon club right and there's clubs in the cities mm-hmm and it's like, oh, our provincials? And it's like, well, there's no such thing as provincials because right. it's a meet with all of the provincial skaters coming. Right. And if you speed skate in the province, pretty much you're going to go to that meet. Mm -hmm. So you're representing your club at those kind of meets. Um, and, like, there's out-of-province meets, but there's no, like, provincials kind of thing. And lots of right. people kind of don't really get that. The closest mm -hmm. thing I can relate it to is track and field right. meets. Because it's a meet. You have your races. You're representing your club. You go there, and it's then you just you compete, you get your times, and then you go race your next race, and you go to your next meet. Um, so, and we're lucky that the provincial coach right now, his son, is part of our club. So, and he lives here, so we get access to the provincial coach oh, all the nice. time. Um, so all of our training that we do really with the club and in general, and the I want to say the provincial team basically because mm -hmm. there's one guy. That's not in Saskatoon. That's on the provincial team. Okay. So, you know, with, with Speed Skating Saskatchewan, I almost want to say they're a little bit nervous, but not also because really the two main clubs in the province, not even two, like the main pro club in the province is Saskatoon. Right. We have, I think, over 500 members. Oh, wow. Um, 
and Regina that had really good club members that they were shooting out skaters like Justin Warsalewicz and who had national records and Kelly Christ and Keegan Christ and all these really really good skaters. They have I think 40 members now. Oh wow. Um Moostra has one guy now that is actually on like a high performing level. Mm-hmm. Um and then Regina has one as well oh, and wow. that's Brianne um who's on the provincial team. The clubs are struggling that aren't in Saskatoon. And we're tr- like SAS is doing their best to you know try to get those people up because having one club that just dominates the entire province isn't good for everyone. And that's exactly the um, way it is right now with soccer too. Yeah, same way. So yeah, we ha- we have access to the provincial coach, and I think everyone on the provincial team, but two or three people. No, yeah, only only one person on the provincial team is from he's from Moose Jaw. Mm-hmm. We have. Just the provincial coach pretty much helping us train. Right. And we train Tuesdays to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday mornings are weights. Uh, Tuesday in the night is interval training. Wednesdays is imitations, so in a skating position. Um, either low ox, which is basically in the skating position, you just walk up a mountain. And by mountain, I mean a marginal hill, because we <laughs> live in Saskatchewan. <laughs> um, or skating jumps, or up-downs, just to get in that athletic awful pain of being hunched down mm-hmm. in a position for lo- a long period of time a long period of time <laughs> um, and then Thursdays are interval biking again because on Tuesdays we do it with um, with Craven okay, so like yeah. a, a, a what are they they're physiotherapists aren't they yeah it's, uh, it's we, like we a physiotherapy slash sports training psych um Rehabilitation Organ- yeah. center, yeah, the whole nine yards. We yeah. we have them for weight training as well. Yeah. yeah, and then Friday mornings we have weights, and then Saturdays we have two hour bike rides. Um, I never do them on Saturdays because I have to work pretty much every Saturday, <laughs> so I do them on Sundays. Um, and that's kind of our range of training, and then it just kind of gets more and more intense as the skating season goes on. So we we train a lot. Like sometimes I'm like, why the hell do I put myself through all of this? Such, yeah, and same question. Is it actually worth it? Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, why do you put yourself through all that training, all that school? And then on top of you, you have the weight of having to actually maintain your scholarship. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't have that. It's just like, I need good grades so I actually get accepted <laughs> into a university in Calgary so I can go to the Oval and skate. So you have more pressure than I do. <laughs> How, like... Why do you put yourself through everything um, when it's not guaranteed? You know, I, I get that question a lot because a lot of people would be like, why, why would you rather go and sit through, or I guess play, run through three hours of training when you yeah. could be like going out with friends or something? And I, Getting letty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, realistically, like I've just, I've been doing it so long that it's become like second nature. Yeah. So, so um, like a lot of people, they'd be like, oh yeah, I have, I have basketball or something for an hour tonight. Like, I don't know how I'm going to balance homework around that. And like, like I train until, like I don't get home until 7.30 every single night. Mm. And like I have to be in bed at 10 because I have training the next morning. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way it's been for six years now. So like yeah. I haven't really... Yeah, I had that issue, but, like, the reason why I put myself through it is because, like, I feel like if you put enough into it, you'll get something out of it, so... For sure, yeah. The main goal, I've been... Like, I want to go to university, and I've wanting wanted to get a scholarship for soccer, whether that be to the States, whether that be somewhere. Yeah, I, just, I work so hard 
that there's no point in stopping now. And that's why yeah. I don't get a couple of people dropped so, so soon, or so close to... Well, yeah, just because they've been pushed to the edge and yeah, they're like, and then I'm they're fucking just, done. Yeah, and they... I can't do it anymore. We had one girl drop out and she... It was May of her grade 12 year and she just stopped. She yeah, went, she could have just pushed it through for one or two more months exactly. and could have got a scholarship. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I don't see the point in that. And like, I put so much into it already. Like, I want to start giving back. So I feel like if I just, like, you know, keep playing, keep my scholarship... Mm-hmm. play all the way through and then come back to teach people to do the same thing kind of thing so yeah like that's why i do it just yeah and i mean not a lot of people that aren't in that high performance stream really know what it's like i put myself through all this stuff because that's where i want to see myself yeah exactly and i know to get there it's not well you show up yeah you show up and you compete you compete and you don't just put in hours that's useless you mm-hmm. put in a good amount of hours and there was a coach from Quebec that said I'd rather you skate one lap with the best technique than skate 10 with shitty technique Mm -hmm. it's yeah really that's really why I think most athletes at that caliber are pushing themselves Mm -hmm. because it's fun like I love competing I love my sport yeah in the weight room I love being there you know sometimes when you wake up in the morning it's like oh fuck I have training I don't want to go you don't stay in bed it's warm in here yeah exactly you get your ass out of the bed you show up to that workout and you feel good after you know that you put in that effort Mm -hmm. you know no one can take that hour Mm -hmm. away from me so that's mostly I'd say why athletes really love their sport and just push through because well, it's addicting. It's, it's yeah. basically oh, totally. like a drug. Like, yeah, that's totally. pretty much what it is, because you're just addicted to, to playing, to doing mm-hmm. whatever you, the sport it is that you do. For me, I've had like a significant amount of obstacles, but I wanted to ask, what's the hardest obstacle that you've had to overcome in your, in your soccer career, if you have had any? I've had a couple. I mean... Well, the first one was really like as a player, I was I was so shitty. It was just like I wasn't very good at all. I was yeah. and like I thought I was good and this is a thing that it kinda upsets me in a way because club teams and league teams in Saskatchewan they pump their players up. Yeah, for sure. You're the best player ever, you're amazing. But really when you get into the grand scheme of things, <laughs> yeah, you're actually you're terrible. You're, you're terrible. Yeah. So like it's not like ugh, that happened to me. I thought I was good. Yeah, it's like that to in a, skating too, of like, yeah, I'm the second best in the province yeah. and then you go to the like kind of cups and you're like I'm 52nd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I was that as a young, like, as a kid, and then I got into the league soccer, and then I was never played. I was coached by um, a lady who would play her daughter until yeah. she was dying on the field and they would yeah. never play me. And so, like, that was kind of a struggle, a little bit of an obstacle, because I never was seen. I never got to play. Yeah. And then finally, when I made it into HPDC, I was still shitty. And um, the biggest obstacle for that was my spatial awareness. I had no pattern recognition which is incredibly important for oh, soccer yeah. so I would yeah, get the ball you need to know where you are on, yes. on the pitch and I would yeah. get the ball and I wouldn't know what to do with it I would kick it back or I'd kick it where it shouldn't be Yeah. and that was really I struggled for that for a couple of years until finally I had a breakthrough and I like can actually see the field now so that yeah. was one and then the other obstacle was kind of recently like grade 10 grade 9 grade 10 is watching some people get signed so early Yeah. and then I'm still here not signed and I felt like like, will I ever get signed? Am I sure, even good yeah. anymore? And then, like, you sort of get that, like, deflated kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never going to go anywhere. So then that pushed me to want to try and get something. Yeah. But it still is kind of like a, a defeat. Because, like, one of my friends, she signed to Louisiana Tech in September of the grade 11 year. And I was like, I'm not even signed yet. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So that was kind of a bit of an obstacle. But, I mean, it was an obstacle that pushed me. So it was Yeah, for sure. And that, that's good that you converted that into, into a positive uh, way to motivate mm-hmm. yourself. Because I know a lot of athletes, they're like, well, what the hell? They got signed to university. They got, they have their times. I mm-hmm. don't. Like, I'm 
and then they just they don't convert that they don't deal with it mm -hmm. and they just it destroys them and then they just crumble and they're done yeah exactly and i know for me you've you had different uh obstacles for you than i did than i have had mm -hmm. like i've had some injuries yeah injuries are always very cool. um like i i tore my hip flexor oh shoot. Well, no i didn't tear it i like pulled the shit of it almost tore it wow. uh, which messed up my hamstring and my glute mm -hmm. um and that was shitty because you know i lost almost a month of training oh my gosh um, before nationals because my physio was like yeah go out, try it tonight and i was like okay i'm gonna do the 200 meter just warm up and then i made it like 110 meters in. i'm like fuck it nope that feels terrible yeah we're, we're getting off tonight and the hip flexor bothered me for almost a year now and oh, i have wow. to be i still have to be careful about it mm -hmm. i know for me i'm an incredibly superstitious athlete yeah to the point where I always put my left skate on first. Are you a superstitious athlete, or to quote the great Michael Scott, are you just a little stitious? <laughs> um, I mean, I am superstitious to the point where, like, I always have to have a nap before I play. I don't know why. Like, it can be a it can be a ten minute nap. <laughs> Got that pregame nap. <laughs> always. Like when I went to Canada Games, like we had a game every day, right? And we always had downtime before we went to our match. I'd always sleep. I wouldn't do anything <laughs> else. Some people would like go on their phones, they go hang out with some more people. I I had to sleep before I go. And like people are like, Oh well, aren't you tired? I'm like, No, I'm actually refreshed. So that's that's one thing. I will I always have to have some kind of nap before I play. Um that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That, that's new. I've never heard of that one. Mostly it's like, oh, it's, it's this or this, but yeah, no, no. I, have, I have naps. That's yep, awesome. I have to do that. And then I also, like, I have to look good when I, like, get ready for soccer. So some people wear, like, different color, like, compression shorts than their shorts, but I, everything has to be the same color for me. Everything has to be, like... Matchy-matchy? Yeah, matchy-matchy. Yeah, matchy. that's me too, yeah. Yeah, everything has to be... Same matching skate guards. I got custom Oakleys to match oh my, my skin gosh. suit. Yeah, everything's got to be yeah. the same for me. Like, hair tie, same color as my jerseys. Nice. Has to, everything has nice. to be the same. And then, it's always I always have to lead warm-up. Because we do a like, team warm-up, so I always have to lead it. That's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah, not too, not too crazy, but yeah, I not do have a crazy, little bit of a that's, superstitious... That's awesome, yeah. And I think... Every athlete has that. Oh too. yeah, like whether they notice it or not, every yeah. every athlete does. Like some, oh, I forget who, but had like he needed to have pasta before every yeah. every meet mm -hmm. pasta, and then there's one NFL player that just got his one of the trainers to slap the absolute crap out of his face like five <laughs> times, and then he just got in the mood of like getting angry and yeah. wanting to go hit someone, and then uh -huh. he was good. Some people are like, well, that's dumb. You don't need to do that. And I've had it where I'm, like, not really thinking of it, and I put on my right skate, and I'm like, nope, take it off, put the left skate back yeah, on. Yeah, because then you think, well, what if, Yeah. You know? It's the what and, if question. And I had, I had a really good race where I tucked my, like, the Kevlar ankle things that you need yeah. under my suit, and I'm like, I'm doing that from now on. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, super, super little things of, like, well, yeah, why exactly. I do this, I do this. Like, I yeah. had I had one race where I wore different glasses, terrible race, and I said, I'm never wearing these again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the glasses it's that affected the, the race. It's just the I, idea. But it was like, like I it changed. Yeah. And I'm not having it. Yeah. Well, you know, like okay, <laughs> like I went to Waskasu a few weeks ago and I got this bracelet on my ankle nice. and it got all messed up and I want to take it off. But I've had an amazing game ever since I put it on. So I'm too scared to cut it off because what if you know? Yeah. That what yeah. If for moment. sure. And so that's now I have so big with athletes. Yeah. And I can't take it off because I know what if I take it off? Yeah. It's exactly what it is, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To take it out of a little bit of that deep uh, conversation that we were in for a while, I just wanted to ask just some more soccer-related questions of, you know, like, what's your favorite player? Male side, I'd have to say 
I was a Ronaldo fan for the longest time, just from, like, his story of how he came yeah. to be, about how, like, he didn't take shit from anybody. He was like, I want to go here and went yeah. there. So that was good. And But my, I really like Harry Kane. Yeah, he, he's from England. He's really good. Yeah, because I think a year ago he was just drinking with his buddies. Yeah, like he was never. And now he's the the youngest. Um, yeah, he he was the youngest in World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah, so he that was a really good story for him yeah, too. Yeah, so he really inspires me a little bit, and mm-hmm. he's just such a he's such a nice person too. Like he's not a dick on the field. <laughs> yeah, the for sure. That, like, it's frustrating to watch soccer because I love it. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful game, mm-hmm. and it really is. And. You know, it's it's frustrating when you see all the diving and it's like, it's it's like so, stays. It's so unnecessary. It is. It really is. But at the same time, I understand why they're doing it. Well, yeah, you they're get, trying to get the call so they can yeah to get benefit a play. their team. Exactly, yeah, that's all that they're trying to do. So like, you can relate to it. Like even my coaches have said, like, take a foul. Like, yeah. Why not? If we can set a team, like especially if we're down one nothing. Yeah. They're like, yeah, go out there and take a foul so we yeah. can get something going. Like you know. But there's a difference of, like, taking that foul, and I know what you're talking about because I, I used to play, and it's mm. taking that foul versus just diving. Yeah. And right? Then, if you get uh, pushed, yeah. it's like, for fake taking the foul, it's like, yeah, you're getting pushed. You don't need to, like, keep yourself up. Just fall. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference between that and then, and then it's like having someone like tap you, lightly touches your ankles and, and you just... And start crying and rolling around on the ground. Flop around. Yeah, and Neymar Jr., exactly. Yeah, and it's so frustrating about that, and mm-hmm. it's... It gives soccer that bad rep of, oh, soccer players are so soft. Oh, there's nothing like, you wouldn't see this in football or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the tricky part and it's, with it. You know, it's it's part of the game. I hate the diving. I understand why. But I think it, and it's gone It's gone too far. It, it where has, yeah. It's like someone gets hit with a knee and then they just flop down and then they start rolling around and then you oh, see them yeah. smacking the turf. And they're arguing with the ref for a good yeah, 10 minutes. And it's yeah. like, that's not necessary. No, it isn't. Just... If he fouls you, he fouls you. If he pushes you a little bit, just fall down. Like we don't need this rolling around. Yeah, exactly. Like for some some like some of the times it's totally justified. Mm-hmm. Like you oh, see yeah, someone some of- just get absolutely demolished by a keeper. Then fine. Or someone destroys their legs or cleats the back of their ankle. Mm-hmm. That that's justified to holding it and saying, Ah fuck it hurts. Yeah, no. But it's different of there was the one call in the World Cup where they got France got their free kick and they scored on it mm-hmm. and I was like that was a foul are you kidding me yeah, he yeah. Bumped, they bumped ankles yeah and he fell down it's yeah. frustrating because as a player you you're using that because you know that that's a tactic that you can use exactly it's gone too far mm-hmm. that I think FIFA and the the refs just need to crack down on it yeah, and be they like do. just if they stop it the players will stop doing that because they'll they'll realize okay well I'm not getting anything from that yeah and like I mean the the FIFA they're trying to because now they now they're able to take back a call yeah with that virtual with yeah the, yeah so like for example like a handball in the box yeah and the ref yeah in the Croatia game yeah. yeah that was brutal more of like a, just a general just question of do you think Canada will ever have a good men's team because there's so many other sports mm-hmm. that are higher up overseas in Europe soccer's huge and that's all they think about I mean I think we can have a good men's program if we start early enough like I feel like if we leave it then we're not but I feel like we have good players in Canada that want to crack it playing oh yeah for sure in the World Cup so I think if we have the right coaches and the right mindset I think we can absolutely get there because I know that the like the women's national coach like John Herman just moved over to the men's side so I mean like yeah, that's good, yeah. with he's, him over he's a good there coach, yeah. yeah with him over there we could get something going so mm-hmm. I think I think there is a good chance that we can get something going just whether or not 
they start it. Yeah, is the biggest is thing. a big question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think the big and one actually really good thing for us too is that with the World Cup in 2026 being in Canada and having mm-hmm. games in Canada, that'll get some of the the younger generation of kids um, and just current players actually excited about soccer. Yeah, exactly. And and thinking about it and moving up and saying, hey, actually, you know, some kid that's not thinking super competitively about it that's, say, 12 years old, mm-hmm. that's like, no, actually, I want to I wanna go pro. I want to do this now because I mm-hmm. saw world-class players playing in Canada. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's pretty crucial mm-hmm. in in general with the World Cup. That mm-hmm. would help us incredibly. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I never really asked you, how did you end up getting your scholarship? What was the process? And what, like, is there like a contract that comes with it that says, okay, you need to do these things in order to maintain your scholarship? Right. So, um, like the way I came about this was like, I sent emails of resumes and video to a bunch of schools. And mm-hmm. then, um, like which, which schools in particular, did you send them out or did you just I go through Canada out. email list? I did Canada, I did the States and I did, I did all like 80 plus hours of just sending emails. Right. And then the U of R was interested and then they came down and watched me play and then like they've been watching me since I was young apparently so then um, they invited me down on an official visit so like an official visit is where they pay for everything yeah so I went down there and then um, I did the campus tour I met coaches kind of thing I played with their team I did weight training I did kind of the whole nine yards and then at the end like he just he offered me so then I was on a verbal commitment, which I still am now. And then I go down September 1st to sign actual papers. So there's not really a contract. It's just I have to make sure I'm doing their weight programs and making sure I keep up with their standards for like, like, because we have to run the yo-yo test, which is very similar to the beep test where it's just like a standard you have to to meet when you're running. So I have to make sure I continue to maintain that, maintain, Mm -hmm. oh, certain weightlifting standard of certain like physical, like physique that you have to keep. And then um, keeping your grades up to hold the scholarship, of course. And then... Just being careful, what you, like social media yeah, is probably yeah. the biggest thing. Just yeah, because, social media like, is a curse and a blessing. Yeah. yeah, my coach has my information right because they are able to get into anything. So yeah. I have to just be very careful with that. But other than that, it's pretty pretty free. Because is it uh, like a crazy like grade wise? Because I know with with high schools in the states, I think it's like a C that you need to maintain yeah, for some of the athletes. Like, is it high? Or is it fairly low that if you could just be like, yeah, whatever, this isn't hard? Well, with my scholarship, the higher my grades are, the more money I can get. That's so, good. like, I'm on, like, my scholarship right now, but if I can, if I can, let's say, for example, have a 98 average overall, just for example, I'm not, <laughs> in grade 12, I could bump up my scholarship even more. Wow. So, there's always that. But if I drop to, let's say, mid-80s. Mm-hmm scholarship would probably say the same because also in university I can work to get that scholarship back so like in your first year of university if you can maintain a higher average than what you had in high school you'll get the scholarship that's good. so yeah it's not too bad with grades but the higher they are the better so well, yeah. then of course okay. that's what you're striving for so yeah it's sure. not too bad and then with your scholarship is it like a full full pledge scholarship or are they just paying for school I have a full ride on athletics and then I have a two year scholarship for school and then whatever comes after that, there's still more money that I have. Also wear Nike, so then we have nice stuff. Do you actually wear Nike, Nike, Nike cleats? I do, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I know some people are like Adidas cleats. And yeah, they I go know. To like, and they're like, well, I like these cleats better, but now I have to wear these cleats. Yeah, no, we're Nike sponsored, sponsored, so it's... Nice. What kind of cleats do you wear? Tampos. Nice. Yeah, Nike tampos. Are, I don't know, like, they're not really expensive. No, they're, 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 they're the not. best cleats I've ever worn in my life. Yeah, because like... I went to Carolina for camp last year, 
and I got just casually. Just oh casually. yeah, yeah. I <laughs> went, went there, to Carolina, and I I had turf shoes, and I I burned a hole through them because the turf was so hot. Because I went during a heat wave, so and then I had one day of turnaround time before I left on a bus to Canada Games. So like I had to go get cleats like ASAP. ASAP, yeah. And so the tampons were the only ones I had. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll buy them. <laughs> so I broke them in on my way home from soccer locker, and then yep, nice. Yep. So I've just stuck with them. And then did you get like the firm ground ones, or did you get turf ones? I got actual cleats, not turf shoes. I have decided right. to move away because uh, turf shoes are pretty embedded in our program because uh, it's lower risk of ACL injuries because you're not getting the torque from the ground. You're just on a flat surface. So that it's makes a, sense, yeah. It's a big push. And then I've just kind of moved back to cleats because now that they have the circular ones, yeah, you have you can still spin in the turf without, you know, Yeah, because I know, like, legs. with with football cleats, um, and I, I got the... The Nike Vapor Threes, mm-hmm. the Untouchable Threes, and they're they're stiff and they have the diamond studs in the carbon right. fiber four foot, and mm-hmm. you can cut like crazy. That torque that you say it would totally make sense because that it bites in and it doesn't go unless you push off. And especially for female athletes, it's a, that's one of the yeah because weaker knees. And stuff mo- like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. It's the most common injury for females, and then ACL injuries are just terrible because you're out for a year, a year and then at even, minimum. minimum at minimum and yeah. then like plus your surgery time plus yeah. trying to come back fr- from being out for so long it's just mm. crazy so like I mean yeah I try to be careful with that but yeah. and then speaking of injuries of that what's the U of R's policy on injuries like are they just like get better fix it or do you have access to like physios and stuff oh, like God. that and then the stuff you have access to is actually ridiculous we have one of, one of the top three concussion programs in Canada like nice. we have the, the technology that's yeah yeah because you got one. conked yeah yeah exactly <laughs> they have like such a good you, want, program. you, want, you should tell that story Ali of how you got, <laughs> got a concussion okay long story short I hit a ball off the top of my head wrong done it was so bad I've never experienced a more stupid injury in my life but yeah <sighs> so they're they have extensive extensive injury protocol where like they get you fixed wrap it all up um you're relatively far along in the path and starting your way into excelling even more so uh you know you're going into grade 12 you have one year left before you go into into your scholarship and Mm -hmm. start playing university and then try to get up to that national level Mm -hmm. um do you have any tips to younger players and i i have a follow-up question after this but do you have any younger like tips for younger players that want a future as a soccer player and want to continue, but they're, like, little and they want to know how they can get better, say, just a couple of years younger than us. I mean, honestly, just getting yourself out there, not being scared to talk to coaches, not being scared to go up to players and ask them, oh, like, how, how did you do that? Or, like, do you want to maybe kick the ball around sometime? Like, just really just getting yourself out there and wanting to go forward, I think, mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. Whether, like... Whether you're a shitty player or not, yeah. everybody gets better. Like, yeah. it's so true. And, like, people think, oh, like, she doesn't need the time of day. Like, she's seven and she can't kick a ball properly. Yeah. So, like, let her develop. Yeah, she's so, seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I just think, like, just keep going mm-hmm. and don't really let any... As much as much of a cliche as it is, don't really listen to any other people. Like, mm-hmm. you go to where you want to go and you will make it there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know it's a huge issue and it's, like... Unfortunately, it is a big issue, but with a lot of guys, they're not worried about sports. There's so many more guys in sports than there are uh, females, and it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. of whole issues of, well, girls quit because of this and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So and I think it's really important to start raising um, smaller children and girls to be 
empowered and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and not not be like, oh well, sports are a boys thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to really say, you know, not to just say, okay, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. To raise them up and push them and say, no, like you, just because you're a girl, that doesn't mean anyone can tell you that you can't do something. Oh yeah. Um. So do you have any tips to any of the you know your age girls or younger? girls that also want a future as a soccer player just in sports in general do you have any tips that you've used that have helped you or that you wish you would have known when you were younger um i'm not taking shit from anybody i think that's a big i think it's a big thing because a lot of people you know they'll take shit from people and then Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work and then for like the whole like female male aspect yeah seeing males even talk down to females and says oh yeah like i'm better at this sport than you are Mm -hmm. yeah you probably are because you're 200 pounds more than me so yeah. you can tackle somebody better than me obviously yeah. so like you gotta also put it into retrospect thinking I'm good at what I do mm-hmm. and he's good at what he does yeah. so just leave it be kind of thing so I think that's one big thing that people need to to remember that a male and a female are totally different in the sense that like yeah a male can run faster than a female fine like it's yeah, it, you just gotta let it two, you know two different things it's comparing apples to oranges it, that's exactly what it is there's, there's no point comparing people and, like some some female athletes can kick male athletes oh asses. 100% like, and then depending easy. on the sport oh yeah, it, yeah that's the thing that people need to like get through their heads and I think that's yeah. one tip I'd give to people is don't take shit from anybody and know know yeah. who you're competing against yeah don't don't be comparing yourself with the boys because yeah. you're not going to be playing against the boys well, yeah. so what, what's the point exactly and if you're taking like for example Usain Bolt and you're racing I, I don't know who the top sprinter is in, for, for Canada yeah, yeah but like if you take both of those two and have them run a race of course I mean, Andre de Grasse was pretty close. Yeah, exactly. And even there, there's two males, but you're not going to compare them yeah, for the most like, part because he's how many years older and been doing it longer. Yeah, that's the thing. Andre de Grasse is brand new. Yeah, you got to think. And it's like, oh, that's amazing for what he's doing. And they're not like, well, he's not as good as he is because you, he's new. Yeah, and, and it's like, think, well, then well, yeah. why why are we comparing? Well, well, yeah, well of course he's not female as good. sports aren't that entertaining compared to males. It's like, well, what are you talking about? It's the same amount of sport. It's just, just one's male, one's female. I know, like, and that's the biggest thing people need to get through their heads. Yeah, and, yeah. it's not not worrying about that whole issue, and that's, mm-hmm. again, what's kind of messed up about society as well. Oh, yeah, like, it's crazy. The whole the whole male and female sport mm-hmm. aspect of things, and it's it's like, well, no, like, let's start encouraging more mm-hmm. girls to go into sports, because sports are awesome. Let's, you know, lots of, and it's crazy from, like, younger girls around seven to eight, they're they're they love sports. Oh yeah, like they they'll go kick a ball out. They don't care if they're playing against boys or whatnot. Oh, yeah. They'll go and they want. I want to kick this boy's butt. And then as um, soon as you hit, but then as soon as yeah, like you said, you get older around. Even high school, you know, high you school, yeah, and the little younger, they're like, oh, I don't know if this is best for me. Like that's a boy thing to do, and it's like no, yeah, it's not. It's or a human thing yeah, to do. Yeah, and then you start feeling, oh, I wonder if they're judging me. I wonder if they're looking yeah, it's at me. like and who, then you're cares? Like, who cares? Just go out and play. Go out and have have some fun. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. But all right, well, thank you so much for coming. Yes, thank you it for was having me. Good surprise. It was not surprisingly, <laughs> um, but it was it was a good for the first pilot episode. So hopefully, thank you again for coming yes, in. Yes, of course. Uh, good content for everyone listening. Hopefully, you guys enjoy everything that we were talking about. And yeah, have a wonderful day if you're commuting or just driving around. Have an awesome time. Have a good rest of your day. And thank you again, Allie. Thank you for having me. And yeah, have a good one. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode.